Oh yeah, those are great. Looks like you're hiding in a corner. This is like super pro. <laughs> Let's get cracking. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> this is the Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast. The podcast is brought to you as usual by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Kingpin can be found online at kingpintattoosupply.com. Also, like to give a special thanks to Waterloo Tattoo Workstations and Hustle Butter Deluxe. My guest today is a guy who works out of usually Eulogy Tattoo in Canton, Ohio. He's tattooed and created art with uh, legendary tattooer Jerry Swallow. Left his mark on uh, folks in a few different European countries. Uh, and most recently, he's on a run of conventions that include the uh, Rock City Tattoo Festival, May 2nd through the 4th. And he's going to be tattooing along uh, some other guys who I love their work. Um, Mike Fight, Matt Rohr, and a former guest of the show, Billy White. I'm excited to welcome back to the show, Clifton Boggs. What's up, man? Not much. Thanks for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. You know, the first um, installment of this uh, conversation, I was trying out a new system. I was trying to bring the uh, video to the, to the podcast, and um, I've subsequently done that uh, with, with some pretty... Uh, easy technology that's just tied in with Skype, which is cool. And but we were trying something new, and and uh, it didn't really work out. There was some technical difficulties, but you know I got you back on, and I'm excited to have you here. And um, you had uh, done some traveling. We talked a little bit about it. Um, talk to me about Europe, man. How was that tattooing over there? It was great. Everybody treated me very well over there. Um, I really miss it. I wanted to go back this year, but I'm not going to be able to make it. It'll probably be something next year or whatnot. But everybody over there, you know, pretty much took really good care of me. And uh, mm -hmm. I appreciate all those guys over there and all the clients that I made and all the new friends. Yeah. How did you make that connection over there? These guys that you tattooed with at other conventions or just um, knew through the Internet? Yeah, through the internet, well, actually through uh, Instagram. You know, when Instagram first started, I, I started following Max from Tattoo, or Tattoos to the Max, and Badischkel, uh Austria, and also uh, uh, Wolfgang from uh, Koblenz, Germany, and uh, Hans from uh, Stay Classy and Shaddam. And just from there, I, I just hit him up. And I was like, hey, I'd like to come over and hang out and maybe do some tattoos. And they were really open arm about it, so it was great. Did you have a favorite spot over there? You tattooed in Germany, Holland, and Austria. Austria is amazing. I would live yeah. there in a heartbeat. Just no. just alone, the, the scenery, it, the mountains here don't have anything on the Alps at all. Yeah. But it, Austria was amazing. Yeah, breathtaking over there. Oh, yeah, when I, because I rented a car, and I was there for two weeks, and I wanted to make sure I got the full effect of it instead of riding the train. So when I drove into Austria and came down this mountain and then saw this town right on, on the lake, uh, it, was, it was breathtaking. It, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. What kind of food, uh, any kind of food that stuck out in your mind over there? Is it totally different uh, than here? I mean, I've spent a little bit of time in Eastern Europe, in Romania, and dropped in a day in Rome um, through there, but... Um, it was on a trip where I was kind of separate from, we were doing volunteer work in an orphanage, so we weren't like, you know, out and about on town, but is it much different than, you know, here in the States? Oh, 
I don't think it's much different. You know, if you live in a bigger city like New York or whatever, uh, you're gonna you're gonna have that uh, you know more of a choice. There was a couple of things that were different. I forgot they don't do breakfast over there. I ordered an egg sandwich and it was pretty much a boiled egg uh, chopped up on my sandwich and that was it. <laughs> nice. But I forgot about that. I, I knew it. But, yeah. Uh, all the food was great. You know, I tried to make sure I went to anything that I couldn't get here in the yeah. States. And, and that's what I did. Yeah. Shop culture kind of the same over there in the shops that you were at? Yes. Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, they're getting a little different things. Obviously, uh, Europe's got a little bit more, uh, I, don't, I don't know, more artistic way than we have here which is whatever but uh, i did my thing and uh they enjoyed it and that was great yeah why do you think that is that europe's got that i mean i you, you know from being here our industry is really really blue collar you know it right. came up from its roots in that you know it was it was guys who were tacticians and they were gonna you know create these pieces on sailors and you know bikers and whoever that came through quick and it was flashes on the wall for money um, which is why I can see it kind of, you know, the roots of our our history and tattooing here in America kind of stays true to that. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of that. I mean, I saw a guy today over in the UK. Oh, what's his name? Michael Stockings, I think. And mm -hmm. it's that really, like, it's traditionally based. You know, Ameri American traditional subject matter and um, shit like that. But it is, I mean, it's on a whole nother level illustrate illustrative. You know, uh, but I wonder, where do you think that comes from over there? You know, it, it's so hard. Over there alone, they've just got so much more history and so much, you know, so much more art. And it's so hard to, to pinpoint where it comes mm -hmm. from. Maybe it's just uh, they're on a whole different level because, you know, as being Americans, we're kind of lazy as well. And, and in, the be in the beginning, it was made to be fast. And, and get them in, get them out. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you uh, just busted out a bunch of needles, made yourself some a bunch of needles. How how was that, man? Do you hey, do that regularly? Do what? Do you do it regularly? Um, I just started again. I just uh, made probably about two hundred that one night, and uh, you know, I just wanted to get in the swing of things. I've been trying to do a lot more American-made stuff here at mm -hmm. the studio. Just uh, to try to, uh, you know, just keep it here in our on our stomping ground just because, mm -hmm. you know, one day we're going to have to take it back. You just don't know when. Yeah. You know, I heard, uh, um, I don't know if you've listened to uh, Troy Denning's uh, new podcast. It's on iTunes and somewhere else, and I forget. It's called Invisible Radio. And he just had Seth Safari on, um, and they were talking about, um, you know, uh, they they covered a wide range of topics, but, um, you know, Seth said he went into a, a convention and it was it was silent in there other than the chatter of people. And it was because everybody's using rotaries. And I think, you know, I've talked about it really early on in the podcast with Doug Hardy, you know, talking about, you know, those kind of things that we do in our trade that are not really required anymore but they were in the beginning are, are things that have become more nostalgia or it's part of the experience that you can have with tattooing. And like you said, maybe get you tied into, you know, something that was that's historic in what we do. Right. I, I think, too, you know, if you do 
built, I'm not, not a machine builder by any means, but I can put a machine together and I can build it. And I think if you can do all those things, that just makes you a true tattooer. And, you know, and also it makes you feel a little bit of better, better about yourself because you're like, I made that and yeah. I just made that tattoo with this, this piece of metal, you know. Yeah, I, I tattoo off a battery here at, mm -hmm. at the studio, and when I travel, you know, I, I use a, uh, a critical, but uh, tattooing off a battery is like no other. Smooth. And I've been doing it for about three years, and mm -hmm. it's the best current you can get. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to change over to that. Uh, my boss man at the shop, he, he works off a battery, and so does one of the other guys, and I think I'm going to change over this summer before we get rolling into you know, nonstop days and nights of tattooing, so. For sure, you, you would never think it would be that huge of a difference until you try it, and it just, your lines are so much cleaner, and, and it just goes so much faster. It's, mm. it's unbelievable what it does. I think there'll be a day when uh, we use different equipment than what we use, and, and just like making needles is part of the nostalgic experience about tattooing, that the coil machine will get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, probably they'll probably be disposable machines that you just throw away after you're done. And I, and I know they're working on, you know, they have some that you could autoclave already. You can't mm -hmm. autoclave a, a steel machine right. in a room. But, yeah, uh, they they have those. FK Iron FK Irons has the Spectra Halo, which I've been using, and I like. You know, I, I go back and forth on a on a rotary setup and a coil mm -hmm. setup. Um, you know, I just got my uh, couple Adam Safari machines back from Adam, and they've been they've been doing great. And I've been enjoying using the coils, but I also like there's times when I pull, you know, my rotary setup out, and I and I love that it just as much. And those you can sterilize. I mean, I can you can break those yeah. down. It's a little bit of breakdown to them, but you can break them down, and basically that frame you can throw in a in a bag and autoclave it. And um, you know, Russ Abbott says he he's sponsored by him, so he runs a four machine setup all the time with those, and he's he he bags them right up to that's a little like motor that taps into the back of the um, uh -huh. frame and he, he'll bag it right up to that motor and you know it's just whatever machine he wants he just plugs in and plugs in <laughs> you know going from piece to piece but he said he never autoclaved it i think that's yeah. i mean with with his uh the workload that people are are doing i mean you would have to have a few setups of machines to do that to rotate your machines through oh. an autoclave you know, but I was thinking about it the other day when Seth said that, you know, he walked into a convention. It was silent. You know, we're we're really early in the stages of this of this oh. industry. I mean, think about it. Right. The the people like legends like Jerry Swallow that were around when Ed Hardy and, and um, Sailor Jerry and those guys were bringing. Kind of putting tattooing into the into the forefront of what it is right. today. I mean, they were beginning those to embark on those, those big leaps in tattooing. Um, those guys are still around, you know, um, right. it's even though tattooing's, you know, over however long it's, Oh, 5,000 years or whatever it is. Um, you know, our, our modernized tattooing is only hundred, let's say 120 years old, you know, since, yeah. you know, I've asked Jerry you know, how he feels about it and, and everything. And, he tells me at times he feels like a dinosaur. And the only thing that I was really wondering is how he did the transition from doing, a, a, say, a 5 to $10 tattoo to a $100 to $50 mm -hmm. tattoo, you know? Yeah. So it took him a while. It took him a couple of years to, to get 
to that uh, to figure out that I'm not really ripping them off, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I could live off this, and I still don't have to charge him twenty dollars. Right. When did he say? Did did he say when he made that transition? Yeah, he said it was in the the uh, early seventies um, to the mid seventies. You know, it's, that's when he yeah. had to make that transition, and it wasn't a huge jump. And then you know, back in the eighties and nineties, when it actually really boomed. Yeah, yeah. That he, he was he working full time at that at that time through the eighties and nineties through that big huge. Yeah, blast. He, he was working. He was in uh, Nova Scotia tattooing. I think mm -hmm. he had his own studio at that time, mm -hmm. and uh, he he was in a port, so that's all he tattooed was military people. Yeah, you know. You started seventeen years. I think it was two weeks ago. The picture popped on Instagram. Seventeen years in the business, man. Yep, seventeen years in a business, and I still feel like it's like two or three. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Every day, you know, it. Uh, there's something new to learn there's something new to i mean explore with with tattooing there's something new to break down and reevaluate how you're doing it i'm i'm another thing that they talked about on um denny's podcast was the inks you know mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of ink out there that people are using you know they didn't mention any names but p that people are using that are it's basically acrylic based and it's yep. I don't know, is it safe to, to tattoo it in somebody's skin? We've only been tattooing it in people's skin for, you know, let's say, what, 10 years? Um, even less than that. Even you know? less than that, you know. And they're, they're getting them in five-gallon buckets from China. <laughs> they're not even making them anymore. They're yeah. just pouring them into a bottle. I, I've talked to a guy that uh, does uh, laser removal, and he said those certain inks are the hardest ones. Mm -hmm. And I remember at one time when I had laser removal done, it felt like a little piece of plastic, you know, was coming out of my skin. God damn. I don't know what it was. I didn't go to a dermatologist, so I, I can't say it was, but yeah. you, you never know. Yeah. They, you know, they, they talked about, hey, the test is smear a little bit on your station, and if it dries up and turns to powder, it's probably good. <laughs> if, it, right. if, it, if it, you know, or if it leaves it, you know, if you, you pour it in your uh, ink cap and by the time you get to that color, there's a you got to break through the top. <laughs> it's maybe you shouldn't be using that. So I've been reevaluating that. I've been getting some. Uh, I don't know if you've ever used Dermaglow. It's from the UK. Yeah, and I love Dermaglow. That's man. some of my palette. Yeah, yeah, and I, I look at that. I like premix stuff, and Dermaglow has a, you know, not a limited palette, but it it's not as wide reaching as some of these other companies. And right. You know, but I look at it, look, I'm going to buy some bottles. I'm going to mix my own down at least to a mid, you know, a mid tone of, let's say they have a bright orange. I'm going to mix mm -hmm. a, a lighter orange, you know, and there you go. I have my, I have my, you know, they have a dark purple and they have a plum and right. I can mix that dark purple down to a mid range purple, you know. So I think some of that, man, people are going to start, it's going to get back to, you know, people being more educated and, and taking greater care in some of those things, I think, and. Um, you know, I think it's going to be getting back to, yeah, try to do things that are local, try to do things that are, you know, in-house as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of that nostalgia will come back. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I enjoy making, uh, pigments, uh, but here in the state of Ohio, everything has to be, uh, with a, a code and it has yeah. to go on the paperwork. Which, you know how that goes, but uh, it's 
kind of tough, you know, for a small person, you know, just for a business owner to want to make it, but they want those uh, lot numbers and everything for the health department. Right. But two, you could also smell those inks. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't smell good and it smells like a dirty basement, you don't want it in your body. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I just did a, a guest spot last week and I had to borrow a color. That's all I smelled was dirty basement when I poured that color out. Damn. <laughs> That's shitty. That's shitty, you know. And I think right. like we really don't know. I don't think we know the the impact that it is going to have, you know. Yet, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, we're five to ten years into some of these colors and some of these different things that people are using. And there's going to be. I think there's always going to be, especially in this day and age, there's going to be things that come and go and advancements that happen. I mean, look at the Numo machine. That's that thing. Oh, nobody uses that shit no more. You yeah. know, but people were raving about it when it came out, and it lasted for what two, three years, and yeah. and it it went, you know, went bye bye. I think that there's going to be advancements like that in machines and pigments, and who knows? I mean, yeah, we may get to the point where we have a full fucking throwaway <laughs> machine tube needle, you know? Right. Who knows? Hopefully, somebody you know that is respectful and, and understands what they're doing with respect to our tools is a person that right. creates that, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it's a good product, well, shit, you know, maybe, maybe get behind it. Um, if it's shitty, it'll, it'll be gone in a, <laughs> you know, matter of time. Right. So. I'm sure they could get to that point just because there's, there's certain places that sell tattoo machines for $7. Yeah. No. You can have uh, shit way to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if somebody use one of those. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? I have a tattoo that's on my shin that, um, one of my bosses at one point, uh, ordered some stuff from camp supply and you know, they got that, sh- that shit that they just send you that shit. <laughs> it's like a, a $12 fucking machine, you know? And, I I said, all right, dude, you got this, like, is that your new machine? He's like, yeah, man, check it out. You know, we're joking about it. And I'm like, put put a tattoo on me with that thing. Like, you can't tune it. You can't. You just got to plug it in and go and see what it's like. And, you know, it definitely, uh, thing ran chattery, but the tattoo looks good. You know, and it's, I think a lot of it has to do with, look, the right tools make shit easier. You cannot deny it. But. You know, I heard one time that uh, Ed Hardy told somebody that was asking him questions at a convention, you know, what kind of pigments you got? What what kind of machine is that? You know, just hounding him. He says, hey, look, dude, I got this, this, this and this. And you knowing that ain't going to make a bit of difference. It's whose hand the tools in. Right. You know, and I think that's I definitely agree with that. The only thing that I can say is if you have a better machine to start out with, you're going to have better results. Absolutely. But other than that, it doesn't really matter. No. I got, you know, somebody that's been, that's put the reps in, can grab a shitty, can sit down in a shop. Like, I, I went on a guest spot um, to Southern California, down to Pismo Beach, my buddy Chewy's uh, shop at Tiger Rose, and then down to Southern California, and I fucking forgot my machine box. So I I'm, I got no machines. I got everything else but machines. And I just showed up at the shop and I was like, "Hey, who's got machines? I need them to run fast and good." <laughs> and guy throws me a couple, and I blasted out some tattoos, you know. And I had to adjust a little bit for them, but you know, I think that that comes with doing the 
you know, doing this over the many, many years, you know, you get to a point where you can, you can adjust for those small, you know, changes in how the tool is working. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you think's missing in tattooing, man? What do you think's gone away that you wish was still here? Uh, nostalgia. Like the feel, the vibe, or... The or feel, yeah. There's nothing like back in the early 90s walking into a tattoo shop and being intimidated by what you're walking into. Mm -hmm. Now everybody that walks in the door thinks they can push you around and own the place and everything else. I think that's missing. I think the history is missing. Probably 80 to 90% of the people that are in our industry, you know, it just... It all just adds up mm -hmm. to yeah. a real tattoo studio. You know what I mean? What What's the What's the one thing that you walk into a tattoo studio and you say, you know what, this makes it. This makes it, or that thing you look for that 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 says to Clifton, "Hey, man, this is like I I, I like this." Well, wall to wall flash. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be a flash, right? Well, yeah, it's that, and plus there's a bunch of, you know, a little grime doesn't hurt. It doesn't have to be yeah. dirty, but, you know, cluttered, that's a real tattoo shop. To right. Me. Yeah. Back in even the 90s when I started, you could smoke in the tattoo shop. <laughs> I'm not saying that should come back, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Smoky walls. The the all tinted that. the tinted flash. <laughs> the tinted flash. Yeah, from all the nicotine. The, who, who did the piece of flash behind you? Um, it came out of Colonel Todd's studio. Okay. Uh -huh. And supposedly, I, I haven't heard yet, I, I just sent a message, but it's supposed to be Ed Hardy and uh, Pinky Young. Whoa. That's... But I don't, I don't know yet. Yeah, that's a cool sheet. I love that tiger. I just can't, I keep looking at that tiger sitting behind over your shoulder. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's a good sheet. Yep. I was I was dug that tiger that's standing on the, you know, standing on the top of the cliff looking over. You know, yes. it's such a classy looking design, man. What uh, what's your favorite shit to tattoo right now? I mean, I, old traditional style, old and bold, as as it says on your Instagram. Which, if you're on Instagram, go check out Clifton at Clifton Boggs, um, on Instagram. But what you subject matter wise, what are you liking? Um, pretty much. You know, I, I love to do flowers and, and animals, any type of animal. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of people that I'm always around, they tell me I do some some weird drawings. They call me weird, I mean, which uh, they're not weird by no means. You know, there, there's so many different people that are way far out there than I am. <laughs> I, I, I love doing girls, you know, just female heads. Mm -hmm. But even the typical kanji, I, I, I wish that day would come back. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, man, huh? Kanji is like a, a lost thing. I got big, like, my whole, one whole rib cage is, is two characters. Mm. And I don't know, I still like that. I've been super into black work lately, and, and um, I love that big, bold, you know, style if it's done right. And I'm really into that, uh, the dot work, the mandala stuff that's, um, you know, but it's got to be, you know, I like looking at the guys who are doing it like, Thomas Hooper and Dylan Forte and John Dix and you know for the black work I've mentioned their names on the podcast before rocks from San Francisco um obviously Leo Zulueta's got a tribal or he's got an Instagram now you know that shit's always fun to look at 
Oh, of course. He's a, he's not far from me. I need to go get a piece from him. Oh yeah, man. If that's if you can, if it's right there, shit. That that's a, uh, you know, that's one of those things where, again, somebody that was is in our industry that was like at the cutting edge of of one of the booms, you know, for yeah, sure. I owe, I owe him a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody does that. Tri that set of Leo Zulueta Tribal that came out. Oh my God, that's all there used to be. Oh, you yeah. know, unless you, unless you were um, looking through, you know, old Borneo shit, you know, that you, who knows where you could find that at the, in the, in the library, <laughs> you know, now you just type in fucking tribal tats and that stuff's coming up on Google. Oh yeah. So you think the internet's good or bad for, for what we do? It got you to Europe. Right. I, I think it's a, a good tool in a lot of ways. Um, I have nothing bad to say about it. it. It's treated me well. I do miss the old uh, ways of writing a letter or, you know, it's just a simple email because, mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing other than, I think, MySpace or Ink Nation back in the day. Yeah. Um, the only thing that really bothers me about the internet and the other artists or when people are like that guy stole my stuff you're putting it out there for him to steal it's yeah. your fault you know why call that dude out <laughs> right it's right. funny yeah it is, i mean it is um it is interesting when it sucks that that person that's going to blatantly rip somebody off is going to do right. that right. but it's also you know yeah you're right they're doing they're putting it out there yeah, they're putting it out there for everybody to look and anyone to take. The great saying goes, uh, to be a good artist, uh, you borrow. To be a great artist, you steal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where'd you hear that one? I, you know, uh, it's, I've heard it many years ago and it's yeah. always stuck. So yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, that's good, man. What's, uh, do you recall anything that Jerry has told you that's like been a lesson that you continue to go back to? Um, well, Jerry's told me a lot of things. We, we talk about so many things other than tattooing. The only thing that keeps me motivated is, uh, I asked him, you know, he's been tattooing 54 years this year. And I asked him last year, or the year before I said, how many pieces of flash have you painted in your lifetime? I was like over 5,000. Yeah. I was like over seven. Yeah. He's like probably over 10. I'm like, and every day, you know, when I sit down or even when I sit down and not do anything, that goes through my head. <laughs> I need to paint more flash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One of the biggest tools that a person right. can can use, not only at this point to represent your work, um, if you're, but also as another resource to to make money. You can sell prints. People are selling prints every day on Instagram. You know, they're. You know what I was. I was thinking about just yesterday, man. You know what doesn't happen as often anymore is it's gone from you do a set of flash to, okay, I'm going to do a split set with somebody to I'm going to do a split sheet now. Yeah. You know, right. people, you don't see that, you know, split set anymore of 10 sheets or even, you know, a, a small set of five sheets, but it's, completely you know it's a, it's a big piece here and a big piece here from two different people and scattered with a few small pieces together from each of those people um i think it was more prevalent a few years back man why do you oh sure wonder why that is 
I don't know. I still enjoy doing the split uh, uh, sets with people. You know, I still do at least two or three a year. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest part is, is you know, when the one person gets it, they might be lazy and set on it for a while. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's what uh, shit, man. I I uh, I've been wanting to paint more. You know, I've been, I have a couple in progress pieces and you get to the point where sometimes, you know, you don't find enough time in the day. The other thing too, that I've found is finding that balance can be, can be difficult of time to yourself to relax, to decompress, to find inspiration, to let, you know, that come and the production of work you know, the, the production of creativity, it's, it's hard to find that balance, man. I mean, with family and, and a tattoo shop and tattooing and painting and, and doing other shit, how do you find that balance? Do you think? A lot of, well, I don't really take uh, work home with me anymore. Occasionally I'll draw something if I really have to. Um, my days start at uh, 10 in the morning until six on the, through the week. So when I get home, I kind of just shut off Mm-hmm. trying to a little bit of tattoo mode and, and hang out with the family, cook dinner, whatever. And if they all pass out at a reasonable hour, then I might do something. Right. So on Monday and Tuesday, I, I rarely book anything unless I have to because I'll book myself solid the rest of the time, and that's mm-hmm. when I catch up on drawing or painting or whatnot. Nice. Yeah. What do you find you're doing, uh, doing more of these days, drawing for paintings or drawing for tats? Um, right now, it's been a little weird year. I, I was drawing tons for tattoos, but now it's drawn for paintings. Yeah. Which can be tattoos. Yeah, absolutely. I've knocked out a lot of sheets this year already, so I've probably painted 20-some sheets all together. Damn, you make me feel lazy, too. <laughs> I gotta remember what Jerry Swallow said. <laughs> Shit, dude. Hey, what do you think about that, um... I've said it twice on, on the podcast today, and I don't know. I say it all the time, man. What do you think of the word tats? People have been – I've seen that shit on Instagram. People are all up in arms about about it or about what we call tattoos or – I'll, I'll preface it with my take on it. If I'm going to call skateboard, I call skateboarding skating. I call – I'm going to go skate. I'm, you know, I'm going to go ball. If I'm going to go basketball, I'm going to go shoot hoops. Or, you know, I mean, I think it's just yeah. a term – that um that that some people resonate with and i don't find are we back so yeah as par for the course from time to time with this podcast it goes off the rails uh and i had uh dumped a bunch of shit off my sd car and it went full and you know it would happen in the same podcast or you know with the same podcast guests that i've had problems with before but uh no big deal. Hey, we got it figured out, and we're back on with uh, Clifton Boggs. He's he's going to give his uh, opinion. I was talking about the um, the word tat and people, you know, having problems with that. It seems like on the internet at this point, and I just don't see a problem with it. It's just a slang term that we describe this thing that we do that I think at, oftentimes people put on a pedestal, and I don't agree with that. You know, we're there to make people happy. It's a service thing, and if somebody resonates with the word tat and and they're going to be stoked because I'm chopping it up with them and 
just like that. I'm not talking with them. I'm chopping it up with them. Another slang term for what we, you know, for things that we do. But anyways, I asked Clifton what his uh, what his take on it is. What do you think, man? I I don't see a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. Um, a lot of artists uh, obviously have problems with it, and those are the same artists will joke around and say it to other tattooers. <laughs> so, which is it's funny to me. But that's the way this industry goes. I think the only thing that really bothers me is shooting. You know, you're going to shoot that on me or whatever. That, that just <laughs> really? I haven't heard that one, man. Do you, do you shoot? That's what I hear a lot. Wow. that's that's Maybe that's a Midwest thing. <laughs> right. I'm like, I got, a, I got a gun, but, you know. <laughs> right. I shoot you with my machine. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, man. I mean, it's a lot of the little little slang things even the the gun thing you know I'll try to educate people about you know I think that's one that I that I maybe hold in a little different um an idea for you know I don't necessarily want people to come in and and talk about it that way but maybe that's me being hypocritical <laughs> you know about my about my ideas I don't know man I I uh I correct a lot of people about it, but it's only when I've tattooed them a couple of times because mm. most people don't know, you know. No. I, mean, I have good friends that will say it, and then after a while, after I tattoo them, I'm just like, you've been tattooed enough. I just want to let you know it's called a machine, not a gun. And yeah. a lot of people look down upon that, you know. Yeah, I think when you educate people in that way and, and you're like, hey, just so you, you know, you're not embarrassed walking into a place that, you know, somebody may look at you differently or judge you for it. Now, that's their fucking problem if they're going to do that. If they're going to take that upon themselves, that's their problem that they're judging you. But, you know, you can be educated about it, and this is professionally what we call this. And, um, and yeah, I think that's good, man. I think that more of that education, you know, why we take such a – why do you think that tattooers take such a um, – uh, or have such a visceral response to those kind of things? I don't, I don't know, just because not everybody has it, so they want to keep something to their self, I guess. You know, I, I guess it would go with anything that you do, you know. Yeah. You could just say, that's mine, and right. I want to make sure you don't disrespect it, or or, or they just want to have a problem. With it. A lot <laughs> of problem. Yeah. You excited about these upcoming conventions? I am for sure. Uh, Rochester is probably my favorite convention uh, every year. There's tons of great artists there. Mm -hmm. Jet, he throws a great show. Um, it's tattooers, tattooing. And uh, I, I don't even think, through the last couple of years, he hasn't even had uh, um, suppliers. Mm -hmm. You know, tattooers bring, you know, the, the prepaid or the, the pigments that they've made or their machines or whatnot. And, you know, it's just. I think it's what it was a te or a convention was, you know, in the '80s or, or the '70s. You know, the first few conventions. You know, it's it's like getting together, you know, and uh, just there, meeting so many great people. Definitely a good vibe to it. Oh, for sure. And uh, you know, this this show, I'm, I'm tattooing with a, a bunch of guys. You know, I'm tattooing with Mike Fight. He's been a, a friend of mine, and we started out tattooing here in Canton. Nice. Uh, back back in the day, and. Yeah. and uh, he does you know, the he does the coolest fucking bend back girls. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he says he's uh he's over them, but he still enjoys tattooing them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're 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 cool, man. I made yeah, the 
I made the um, this uh, this banner that sits behind me right here is um, is a ben, is a Ben back Joe Swanson. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the Joe Swanson character from from <laughs> Family Guy, <laughs> and I made him into a psychedelic Ben back uh, character. So that shit's awesome, man. I love I love the different take people are putting on on old designs. For sure, I, uh, there's, there's everybody's uh, you know just trying to to step it up a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, make it a little different, and and uh, I, I think it's great. You know, I I don't tattoo tons of uh, the traditional flash. You know, I try to make my own, mm -hmm. which I enjoy tattooing any type of flash. You know, you give it to me, I'll tattoo it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think nowadays a lot of people are, are changing up enough that they're they could be their own. But there's you know where they came from. Yeah, I um had I was at the shop the other I'm trying to think if it was on a day I think it was even on a day off I went in there and I was um, hanging around and I was going to tattoo uh, some friends I think and these two ladies walk in and they both you know they were talking about ideas and it was kind of spur of the moment thing for them and I think the car broke down that's what it was so the car breaks down in Lodi so they find their way to the tattoo shop the service station that they were getting their shit fixed at was like across the street or whatever and they both picked Rolo designs, man. Mike Malone designs. One was like uh, a skull with a hibiscus flower. And um, I forget what the other one was. But I took them straight off the wall. It was, like, so fun to, like, do that. I also have done that with um, recently with uh, a Spalding and Rogers piece that was that was super fun. It, I guess it's not that recently anymore. I just think of it as recent because it was so fun to do. It was right. like a, a reaper, you know, it was just black and white. And it, was, it was super fun. Tattooing straight from Flash is, is definitely definitely something I miss doing as well. Oh, I, I, I miss it. Uh, you, you brought up uh, Rollo. I just went to the Aloha Monkey last month. I didn't tattoo there. I went there. I got to check it out. I got to see tons of all of this hand-painted Flash and whatnot. And Damn. It was great. I got tattooed by Josh, and he nice. did a, a stencil that I have had of Rollo's. So nice. it's it great. What's the design of? Um, it uh, it was a panther and a snake, but uh, now it's a tiger and a snake. Nice, very cool, man. That guy's badass. That guy yeah. puts out such good work. Yes, for sure. So good deal, man. What? So that was the last time you got tattooed? Uh, well. I got tattooed him by him on Thursday, and then when I was in Chicago, I got tattooed by Scott Sylvia. Nice. I got my hand done by Scott Sylvia. Nice. What did you get by him? I got a uh, skull and rose, some roses. Perfect. You can't. I mean, that's that is for Scott. You're not going to go wrong with skull and roses. No. <laughs> really nice. Do you enjoy getting tattooed anymore? You know what? I don't mind it. Uh, after three hours, I get a little irritated. Used to when I was younger, I, I could set for eight nine hours, but uh, th I think three hours is probably my max. Yeah, who's who's killing it right now that you love looking at? Man, there's so many good people that are killing it, but there's this James guy that's out of Australia that's just doing all these crazy skulls out of you know, uh, like uh, he's just taking the design and turn them into skulls, and they're amazing. I think I forget his last name, but. It, it, Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Any any be uh, anybody uh, any of your friends that you 
that you're uh, hanging around with or doing painting trades with or anything like that that uh, that you're stoked on? I mean, pieces that you've seen come through that you're painting and you're just like, oh, damn, that's a cool fucking half sheet. <laughs> Man, I see so many. It's yeah. just so hard to choose. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, get to travel and see so many good artists, you know, mm -hmm. up front. And uh, it's just there's just too many out there. Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff were you tattooing over in Europe? Same, same just traditional stuff? Pretty much the same stuff. Um, I did some super traditional stuff. And then uh, I did a lot of uh, animal heads while mm -hmm. I was there. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. Animal heads are always good, man. You know, I love, uh, I love, I have the tattoo on my hand from Scott Sylvie is a panther and a, a panther head coming out of a rose. Right. Yeah. It's super, super fun. It's, it's, it's always cool to see, uh, see these, this new stuff that people are doing, like really tweaked out, like, you know, panther faces and, um, you know, half panther face, half skull. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it's some wild shit out there, you know? And oh. I, I've been seeing, uh, What's interesting to me too is it's not just local. Now you know with the with the internet and the way that we can with Instagram and you can look and you can see somebody in Russia that's doing just the craziest wildest shit and you know you've never heard of them. Yeah, you've never like come across them before and they're just killing it beyond belief, you know. And that's happening all over the place. Oh yeah. And you know there's people that don't even have the internet that are killing it. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. They're bad. They're they're getting they're taking advantage of some of that uh old nostalgia stuff having right. to like hustle <laughs> their shit around town. <laughs> the only way to see it is you go see them or you go around that town to see all the good stuff. Yeah, for sure, just man. Like, just like Mike Roper in Arizona. Yeah. You, you can't see it unless you walk around Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> right, exactly. You like doing uh, kind of the one-shot stuff or, or bigger I, work? I do. Um, that's why I draw everything small and paint everything small. I, when I'm at the studio, I do tons of sleeves and back pieces mm -hmm. and everything. And I just don't post it because you know, I just want to do the small things <laughs> when I'm traveling. Yeah. If I have to do a multi-session, what if I don't get there for another year? Then I might have to redo the thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's nice to be in a town where you're doing that bigger work because you can, you see yeah. it coming back. You can do little touch-ups here and there. You can, you right. know, you can make sure that the client's taken care of, definitely. So I know lately I've had tons of cover-ups, and I don't mind doing them, but uh, sometimes it's, they're a pain. Absolutely. I have too. That's a lot of what I do just because it's, you know, it's a walk-in shop and there's so many people doing shitty, sh shitty work, so much shitty work out there being done um, by people. I mean, both people that I tattooed yesterday, one, I was fixing up some, you know, a sleeve of clouds and Jesus on a cross and rays and, and stuff like that in black and gray. And the kid was, you know, I kept telling him stuff like, oh, you know, He's like, how do I, how should I heal this? And I said, um, well, what have you, what did you use before? A and D ointment. I said, don't use that. He goes, what do you mean? You know? And then I said, uh, at the end of it, I was like, Hey man, I got to bandage you up and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what do you mean bandage me up? He's like, man, this is crazy. I've never had anything like this happen, you know? And this dude is, he's got a lot of tattoo work, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's all been from a house 
And the guy, I mean, it's all blown out and all shitty. Um, and he probably didn't pay much for it, but he probably got ripped off in the same in the right. same breath. Because um, now he's spending money to try to fix it and polish a turd that is, you know, you can only polish it so much. It's yeah. still a turd, <laughs> you know. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, he's stoked now because he's, in a in a shop and in a situation where he feels like and he even told me he's like i needed i i knew at a certain point i needed to step my game up and come into a professional shop and get some professional tattoos and he left super happy about not only the experience but the quality of work that he's getting and that he feels like now he's getting the right information and he's he's not left out in the wind you know um with these crazy tattoos you know so it's nice to be able to like do that for people, but it, man, it makes it hard to work on those pieces, you know? Oh, for sure. Sometimes they're, they're so distorted and everything. You just mm. can't do anything. You could only polish it so much. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll text you a picture of this, uh, piece that I started yesterday and I just started like really, I had to redraw these. It was like a, a skull in the center of this guy's chest and, um, had the hands over the ears and the hand on the front of the mouth and, you know, over the eyes. It was like a hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil piece. But it was done at a house. It was looked like it wasn't even stenciled on. It was just kind of like blasted on there, you know. <laughs> that guy really shot it on there. <laughs> and uh, it, it, the fingers were all like, you know, dwarfed out and, and fucked up looking. And, I mean, it was... I pulled out my Chris Kahn, like, uh, figure seminar book that I, that I took, and I just I looked at that, the section on hands, and I just started drawing them on there and trying to get it, you know, looking better. And I think once it's completed, you know, I just started working on it last night. We have two, probably two sessions left. and uh, But it's wild, man. It, it Definitely working in a shop where you have people coming in and it's not a custom studio, you're going to be dealing with some you know, some really bad stuff. How is laser out there? Is laser pretty prevalent? Uh, laser around here can only be done by a doctor. That's um, how it is out here. But uh, I, I go to uh, Jack Morton, which travels from studio to studio. And and, I, and uh, he's around about every uh, three months, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's always down at Hot Rod Tattooing with uh, Ron Myers and Sweet Chuck and, and mm -hmm. Corey Cook. And uh, so I'll go down there and I'll get my uh, my laser done. Yeah. You know, whenever I have time or when I remember, he's there. Right. Who influenced you early on, man, 17 years ago when you first started? Wh who were the influences early on? Early on in the beginning, um, well, I lived in San Diego. I got my first real tattoo. Mind you, I had tattoos. I got my first real tattoo by Mike Surratt. And... Uh, after that, Mike, you know, Mike was pretty much, uh, he was my buddy, plus I looked up to him at all the stuff that he could, you know, draw and do, you know, because this was in 94, 95, and, uh, you know, I looked up to him, I looked up to Bugs, Bugs was one of my favorites, because Tamar Delumpica was one of my favorite painters, so he, you know, kind of copied her style, and, uh, you know, Pretty much all those guys, you know, Bugs, uh, let's see, who else? Tintin. Tintin. European, um, like Tintin, Alex Binney. Stefan. Yeah. 
wild. He was just out of the box. But now his stuff doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But some of you know, like Bugs, I still like his stuff, and I have a huge piece by him. <laughs> but now I think, man, I should have just bought that charcoal that he had. <laughs> I could have bought two charcoals for the yeah. price of what I got. But I, I still enjoy it. And yeah. It's still a- Interesting how you know our our uh, influences change over the time yeah. as a, as our interests in what we're doing and creating change. Yeah, you know, um, I think it wasn't until like oh three oh four when I read this interview that uh, Jerry Swallow did, and also uh, Eric Massey. Mm-hmm. Those were the two that really pushed me to. Uh, you know, look into traditional because I saw other guys doing it and they were learning it. It just didn't, it, there was no appeal to it at that time. And they're all big names now and they do great work now, but back then it was just like, ah, it just doesn't look good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, how, how did that, how did your relationship with Jerry come about? Well, um, First off, it started through Ink Nation. You know, I uh, started sending them messages. I sent them uh, a, a five-page set that I painted in honor of him, and uh, sent him some books and stuff. And then he would send me th- things back and forth. And then, right shortly after that, uh, you know, he gave me his number, and I, I told him, you know, I'll, I'll call him. You know, you'll never know when I call. I'm just going to call you. So we did that for a couple, and then. He was in uh, North Bay uh, tattooing for a little bit, so I I made it a point to go up there and tattoo in Canada. And uh, just from there, we uh, had a great relationship. He came down here and stayed with me for, I'd say, almost a month altogether. Mm -hmm. It was around Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. Uh, Well, New Year's Christmas, he was uh, down with Jack Hinton in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's just... Great all-around guy, very quiet. You know, when I'm with somebody that's never met him, I'm, I'm like, he's the nicest guy. If you want to know anything, he will answer your questions. If not, he might not talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's uh, that's amazing, you know. Um, Clifton, I really appreciate, dude, that you, you coming on the show again and, and taking time out of your day to, to do this. Um What's uh, what's the current project that you're going to be working on today? Do you think? Um, tattoo wise, um, I am well. I've got this guy that I'm almost done with his sleeve. Uh, I've, I've this is the second sleeve I've done. I've already done his back, and uh, I think we probably got a couple hours, so I'm going to finish out some background on him around six o'clock. Actually, today's my day off. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going. I'm. Uh, I just got a motorhome at the beginning of the year. So I'm taking it over to my uh, dad's house here after this interview. Cool, man. Well, I, I hope you have fun. Where can people find you? Upcoming um, tattoo conventions. And uh, give them the info on the Instagram and the shop um, so they can track you down if they want to get tattooed or maybe buy a painting from you. Um, well, this weekend I'll be in Rochester, New York. It's called the Rock City Tattoo Expo. Um, it's thrown by Jet. I'll be tattooing with uh, Mike Fight, Billy White, and Matt Rohr. Matt Rohr, he works for me here at Eulogy Tattoo. Uh, you can check out uh, 
eulogy tattoo on instagram just at eulogy tattoo um my next uh show after that i think it's in louisville kentucky with jack henton and uh that's in the middle of may and then after that i will be going down to pride and glory i think it's in june Mm -hmm. i'll be tattooing down there for a little bit uh for the uh m MCA or some some music festival. Okay. That's right downtown in uh, Nashville. So I'll be doing that. And then after that, little break. Uh, I'm tattooing in Sturgis. Nice. Um, in October, and then I couldn't tell you. <laughs> then then it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're back into, yep. and then we're in the 2015. So yep. hopefully I'm in Florida or something. <laughs> uh, warm for christmas so that's what i did last year nice i spent christmas yeah on the beach as well it was it was nice man i I, i've spent too many minnesota winters in my life to uh to do it anymore i don't want i I don't want to do it unless i'm up in the mountains somewhere maybe in the in in the alps and then i'll uh that that might not be too bad but well you missed a good uh winter this year yeah oh yeah it was getting like 20 and 30 below Oof, dude i don't miss i don't miss that at all man i i just you know i sit out in my backyard with my dogs and my wife and and uh the cat sometimes when he and he i usually find myself then in the cherry orchard because he jumps the the fucking fence and is on a on a tear out there (laughs) but uh yeah man i i enjoy it out here um but uh I hope you find yourself in Florida on Christmas, my brother. Uh, me too. <laughs> Everybody I hope to find it out your way sometime this year to next year. Absolutely, man. Uh, please do. If you're ever around Lodi, California, man, you're more than welcome to stop in and, and uh, have dinner and grab a glass of wine if you drink. That, that sounds great. Sounds good, man. Hey, Clifton, thank you very much. Everybody, I appreciate you listening. Um, again, the podcast is uh, brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Uh, you can find them online at kingpintattoosupply.com. You can always check me out on Instagram at OG Joe Swanson, and you can find more uh, about the show and uh, older episodes on my website, therealjoeswanson.com. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week when uh, my guest will be BJ Betts. And following that uh, is um, Jeremy Hanna and Ryan Smith from Sullen. So stay Stay tuned for a couple more uh, good shows coming up, and um, it's going to get even better. I mean, better and better each week. You know, I hope. I hope to be better. And if you have questions, go on my Instagram and hit me up or email me at ogjoeswanson um, at gmail.com.